Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. fans and welcome to our first podcast of 2021 which uh, as we all know is going to be a very much better year for everybody than 2020. Uh, we're sitting proudly at the top of the National League Richard everything looks pretty good right at the moment. It's, it's looking great isn't it? Uh, we might have been 14 points ahead at this stage mightn't we but let's, uh, let, let's talk about that a bit later. I'll settle for the 11. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, by the way. We should have said last week at the end of the old year, thanks for being with us all the way through 2020. Thanks to Julian, we've got the stats for 2020. There were 48 podcasts in 2020. There were a couple, a total, of, ho- couple of holidays, weren't there? There were. A total of 2,446 recorded minutes. That means that you lucky people out there... That's 44 hours of your lives that you're never going to get back. I'm demanding mine back. <laughs> so thank you very much for sticking with us. Uh, we'll continue to, uh, to bring you the same service uh, in the new year. What we've got for you today, we've got a chat with Gary. Of course, the gaffer has made time for us again this week, for which we're very grateful. Yep. Uh, there'll be a bit of nostalgia this week because we've lost uh, a real terrace favourite this week. And we'll be talking a little bit about Clint Bolton. And um, we'll be looking back at Yeovil, looking ahead to Solihull Moors, chatting a little bit about the National League funding row and looking ahead to what sounds as if it could be quite an interesting loan acquisition. But first, uh, let's have a chat with Gary. Gary, uh, we're going to continue. The National League is going to continue. Talking United to continue, but behind closed doors, obviously. But how's the, the new lockdown going to affect the, the way Torquay approach football, really? Um, well, we, we, we carry on. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we, we will be, our club will be extra vigilant anyway during this time. Um, and we've just got to make sure that we, you know, we, we don't get complacent, that's for sure. So we make sure that, you know, there's still social distancing at our training ground, all that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, we, nobody's told us any different to yeah. do any different. We're just doing that ourselves. Um, and, you know, the, the elite football, as it's classed as, carries on. And, and you know, we we have to carry on while they're telling us to carry on, sort of thing. You know? So, touch wood, we haven't had a major problem ourselves um, just yet, as far as COVID's concerned. So, uh, you know, we, we, we'll just keep going and you're at the top sort of thing and you've got to stay yeah. up the top just in case it gets any worse later on down the line and um, you know and they decide to postpone the season or something which I don't think they will um, because we're talking about mid mid uh, the end of February mid February yeah. end of yeah. February we'd have played another six or seven games by then sort of thing and hopefully it's, you know it's it's cleared up that's what the new lockdown is all about but uh yeah, so we, we, we're just going to carry on to keep an eye out for making sure we do the, the right safety things. Of course, the major difference between this lockdown and, and, and the one that began in March for for Talk United and for, for, for most of football underneath the Football League is that, you know, uh, you are now considered elite and, and you will continue. It's, it's different, isn't it? That's right. Um, and, and we will. And, you know, we have to abide by the elite rules yeah. I mean I think the EFL are um, testing all the clubs yeah. to see you know how rife or you know how little there is yeah, the, the, within the, the football full round of testing apparently on all players this week isn't that's there right, that's right and I think you know the National League will probably follow at some stage yeah. um, whether we all get tested or you know who's going to actually pay for it all that sort of stuff but um, you know as you say at the moment I, I know as much as you do uh, as far as whether there's going to be any testing or not we, we don't know no um, 
going back to what you said just now about um, you know wanting to be top um, come the end of this lockdown. Um, I've read a couple of people saying it's important that Torquay stay clear at the top because what if the the, the season is is stopped and and you know then the team at the top like Barrow last season goes up. And, and that would be, you know, one outcome if it happened. But that's not what's on your mind, really, is it? You're staying top because you want to be top. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's only a circumstance, yeah. um, that side of it. And it's another reason why, of course, you have to have that thought in your head. But it's, you know, the professional side of it says... You win <laughs> you, every you, game anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, every game you go into, you, you look, you're looking to win. Yeah. Um, and we've had a... You know, very good run, uh, very good start to the season, and uh, you know, disappointed in our last performance, if you like, or our last result. Um, but you're not going to win them all throughout the season, and you're there to be shot at by every other club who wants to beat the team top of the league, sort of thing. You know, so um, we're 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 aware of all that, and I've, I've been in these situations before. And, uh, you know, we just have to make sure we're aware that any problem we might come up against, we're ready for. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the boys are very professional at the moment and uh, I've got a great staff, so everybody's doing the, the, the right things on and off the field. Absolutely. Um, touching on the Yeovil game, it didn't look like we were going to lose that five minutes to go. Um, but but they, they took their chances well, didn't they? Well, they did. Um, as you say, at 1-0, it's always a little bit dangerous yeah, to try yeah. to hold out. You know, their corner wasn't a corner. No, okay. <laughs> it was a goal kick when, yeah. you look, when you look back at it. Okay, you couldn't really see that out. on the, the streaming, but yeah. Yeah, um, and, and then obviously, you know, it, it was a two-minute spell on the 90 minutes, if yeah. you like, where... We gave them up. We gave them oxygen by um, allowing them to get the ball, you know, up at our end. I mean, up until then, we were comfortable. It looked yeah, like absolutely, yeah. we were going to come away with a good one-nil victory from a, a very competitive game. I mean, watching the stream, um, I never felt that that was going to happen. If you know what I mean? No, that's right. That's right. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we've done it to other teams um, when you need a goal. One, one team will show a massive intent for the last two minutes because mm. they've got nothing to lose to go and uh, you know show that intent on your goal and one little mistake or you know one little misjudgment and uh, at this level and, and you're one all and then you're two one down so yeah so that was disappointing but um, we've done enough in all the other games and we got enough points at the moment yeah. to have one or two little blips that, you know, are partly unlucky, partly that your, your players haven't quite performed. You know, we didn't get enough shots in and, you know, but then the opposition at our level uh, can stop you doing that. Same as watched Liverpool last night, you know, yes, against Southampton, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? You know, so it's, uh, there's, there's not too, you know, there's not too many givens in, in any league, really. But at the end of the day, after 44 games in our league, then the best is at the top. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. what that's what you know. So that you're gonna have little rocky, rocky games sort of throughout the uh, throughout the season, and yeah, deal with them and hope that you don't get too many. You got a little gap now before the next game, Tuesday uh, Tuesday night next week. Uh, yeah, we have. Um, and, how how and will you use that gap? Well, we'll use to reiterate the, the, our game to. You know, get a little bit more. Uh, Hello, you still there? Um, Sorry, Gary, you disappeared there for a second. Oh, okay. You'll use it um, to reiterate your yeah, game. Yeah, we'll reiterate our game for sure. That's you know, everything we do is about training for our game. Yeah. Uh, to make sure everyone knows what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll obviously lads that took knocks, you know, they'll have time mm. to recover uh, from that. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll just plan on the solid old game. We'll watch their game 
tonight and uh, just absolutely plan for that game, which becomes a very important game now after a defeat at Yeovil. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess I guess going forward, uh, football again becomes important for fans for more than more than more than the reason that, that, that they want to watch football while they can't do much else. Yeah, we're going to lose the supporters, yeah. of course. But the live streaming yeah. is there. Yeah, that's right, and and they, that's going to be the norm now, isn't it? Yeah. So we'll do our best to you know keep them involved. You know we'll clap them before and after the games, yeah. and yeah. hopefully we get a few wins, and uh, people can enjoy it again from the the comforts of their home. I did see a couple of comments online after the uh, the announcement that it, we were going behind closed doors again, which is when we went into tier three. Um, people saying, you know, it was fun while it, la- while it lasted, but, you know, they understood. So I think there is an understanding there that this is for the greater good. And, uh, oh, absolutely. There's, know, a, there's, a, there's a much bigger picture yeah. than just football. But, you know, while we're still doing it, we, we've still got to entertain um, as, as, as best we can um, because, you know, people are paying money to, to, to watch it on the streaming. Absolutely. So, you know, we're obliged to make sure that uh, we give it a right go and, and try and entertain. And having watched a lot of streaming this season, I have to yeah. say I give Talk United's thumbs up because some of them have been a bit, you know, ropey. But, you know, let's face it, some of these teams haven't had to do this before. So, No, do you mean the streaming's yeah, been a bit ropey? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about our, our season? Not the but, season. Um, no, that's definitely no, not been no. ropey. Yeah, you're right. And me and Downs have watched... Numerous. Yeah, um, in yeah. fact, we spend our wages every week on street. <laughs> so do I, Gary. I must put those in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, and, and you know, it's, it's still good. I mean, it's there, isn't it? And it's, it's entertainment and it gives something people for people to look forward to. And, yeah. uh, you know, we might, we'll probably have to give a little ring round again just to make sure that all our supporters are open. Um you know, individually, and yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get lists from the club again, and uh, we'll we'll just say hello again. Here we are. Here we go again. Yeah. And uh, hope you're well. Blah blah blah. We're thinking of you. You know, so, which which of course we are. Brilliant. Thank you, Gary. Well, good luck uh, this week with uh, um, the 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 gap and and what you're going to do in yeah. that. And then and then I'll speak to you next week after Sully Hole Moors. I, I should imagine. All right, mate. No okay. Problem. Cheers, Gary. Cheers, Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So Gary's right to be proud of his players, isn't he? Despite that performance, uh, you know, well, only the last couple of minutes at Yeovil where they really came unstuck, wasn't it? You watched that on streaming, Richard? I did. Yeah. Uh, of course, he's proud to be. Uh, uh, of course, he's right to be proud of his players. We've we've started like no other season that we can remember, and uh, and and we're we're A plus, um, as he said uh, earlier in the season. I don't think we would have dropped down to A. I think we'll still be A plus. And um, I think you know we 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 we're more than odds on for the uh, the title. Um, we'll touch on PPG later, but if that happened, then we'd be straight up without any any question. Um, so yeah, he's got to be proud of the way that his players are, are, have put on this spurt at the start of the season. Let's hope we can continue it, despite that Yeovil defeat, which uh, we'll talk about. Um, we we you know we can continue it. Sully Hall coming up, Borenwood after that, and you know, let, let's okay. go for it. Tw- okay. Twenty twenty one will be a year to remember for Torquay fans. I think it will. I mean, the games keep coming, don't they? Strangely, it seems like a long time since Saturday, doesn't it? That um, the, the defeat um, up at Yeovil. Yeah. Disappointing. We could talk about the good things from it, though. There were some good performances all round in that team, and none more so, I thought, than you know the player that we keep banging on about here on the podcast. But Aaron Nemain, he's just quality in front of goal at the moment, isn't he? He's scoring goals, he's getting in the right positions, he's, um, he's maturing very quickly. He is, um, and I'll be the first to hold my hand up uh, and say that at the start of the season, I didn't think he was quite good enough for us. Um, he was obviously always quite good enough to be in the Manchester City youth team, so why wasn't he quite good enough for us? I think it just took him a bit of time to adapt. But Gary's good at getting the best out of players and uh, he's certainly getting the best out of Aaron Nemain at the moment. Like another player at the start of the season, I was having doubts over Conor Le- Lemonet Evans, who is probably yeah. the best player playing in the, uh, in the National League at the moment. 
Um, he's having a, a wonderful period of his career. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, those two were excellent on uh, Saturday. Um, Lemonade Evans' through ball for um, Nemain's goal, which was taken very coolly. I mean, he approached the goalkeeper and then just slotted it past him perfectly. I mean, you know, there was no doubt. Um, it's one of those things that I didn't really have any doubt when he was approaching the goalkeeper. You just kind of knew he was he was in that form. Um, but Lemonade Evans' through ball was pin perfect, and he's done that quite a few times. It'd be interesting to see um, assist stats. You know, you get them in the. Excuse me. You see, now one of our listeners, Chris Piper from Swindon, got in touch this week and said he loves the podcast. He particularly likes it when the dogs get involved, but he didn't mention the sneezing or anything like that. I don't think I, I don't think I've done a live sneeze sneeze for about thirty-eight podcasts. That's quite good. Yeah, I mean the the pass from Lemon Hay Evans. If you haven't seen it yet, it was a, a pass from the left wing. Which was played in behind the defence, yeah. main to run onto. It was just perfect. It was very similar to that pass that Rory Keating put in for Jamie Reid to score at Woking. Oh yeah, I remember um, that? That was a great ball, wasn't it? Last. Yeah. But it was perfect. But the main still had quite a bit of work to do. He did. I mean, uh, it's no, you know, if you've got that much time to think about it, it can go wrong, can't it? It's funny, isn't it? Because he, he's very rarely going to write himself into the man of the match. Uh, reckoning because there's always Kyle Cameron, there's always Connor Lemonhay Evans, there's Ben Whitfield whose performances maybe stand out a little bit more. I didn't but think you, Ben had a very good game on Saturday, but um, you know, he's, okay. they, no one's going to have their best games at every game, are they? So uh, let's uh, let's let, let's let's hope that can, he get back, gets back to his best for, for the next games. But no, I didn't think he was on 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 his best, and 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 and, and we lost. And so yeah. I think I think to win games, most of the team have to have to be really playing up there. Gary, I think, is aware of that and that's why he gets frustrated when a couple of them aren't performing as well as they should be. Yeah. But uh, just getting back to Nemain a moment, I, I think he'd be in a lot of people's runner-up if you were picking man of the match. He's yeah. very often kind of your second best player. I mean, he's only 23. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you don't get to play for Manchester City Rangers, go-ahead Eagles of all people in the Netherlands uh, without being a decent player. So, no, five, you know, ga- five games he played for Manchester City, which is which is pretty impressive. Um, not Manchester more, City, so not Manchester City. Sorry, 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 Rangers. Was it Rangers? Yeah, Rangers. My my apologies. Yeah, Rangers. So five uh, games, which is pretty impressive. Um, another player who played five games for, for for Rangers was David Graham. Did he really? It was yeah. Just the five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if he can, um, if he can give us a kind of return like that, we'll be very, very pleased, won't we? I actually gave uh, Nemain the Man of the Match award in the paper. I've started doing that this season in the little match stats box that I do with the match reports. I, I shall continue that throughout the year. Um, I, I, just, just, a, just a little change, a little tweak to the way that the paper looks, and uh, so I gave him. Man of the match uh, for the first game with a man of the match uh, selection needed, and I'm also doing the man, a man of the match or player of the match for for the opponents as well. And I gave that to jo- uh, Josh Neuville, who I thought was excellent on loan yeah. from um, Luton Town. Um, wasn't even on the bench when they played us at Boxing Day, so uh, he, he was either waiting to get selected or, or was injured because he was on the he was on the bench the game before. Uh, the, the the game in between our two games against Yeovil and then came on. So he was obviously, I'm not sure if it was his first start for them, but he started and, and I thought he was excellent. And as was their other goal scorer, um, Luke um, Worthington, I think he was called, uh, the, the defender. I thought he was excellent in defence as well. They are a much better side than their position, current position um, would have you think. And they're not doing very well in the PPG stakes either. We'll talk about PPG, won't we? But um, they are much better than that. Yeah, I mean, with the players that they've got, the individual players they've got, I mean, I like that Skendy. Yeah, yeah. a decent player. We've seen him play. Courtney Duff has got a hat-trick against us last season. Yeah. He's decent. 
Um, they're full of good players. Um, I think we'll. Um, well, I'm quite glad that we've played them twice. Exactly, get, we've got them out of the way because I think they're they're now on their um, the start of their rise to, you know, they could get up there, couldn't they, to the playoffs if they if they if they went on a really good run. Um, of course, they won. They they beat Weymouth three 0 on Tuesday night. So um, after not winning a game for however many games until uh, the, until they played um, Bromley the game before us, although it be being a couple of weeks before because they had a break, um, they have now won four ga- uh, three games out of four. Uh, us being the only team to defeat them in that run, so that's not a bad run. It's not a bad run. Keep an eye on them. Okay, let's have a look at this PPG table then, because just to explain it to people who maybe haven't followed it. If the season were to end prematurely uh, because of coronavirus, and goodness knows where it's going to take us in the next couple of months. Uh, Interestingly, Gary said to us, um, end of last season, beginning of this season, he was talking about PPG and the importance of teams getting as many points and goals early as they could this season. And that's exactly what he's done. I I have a slight question over this this thing. Um, There are... People on social media, I've noticed, is trying to highlight how important it is. Talkie United, I'm using the words Talkie United rather than a team. Talkie United, get as many points on the board as possible early on this season because of PPG. Talkie United are pushing for promotion. They're, Gary feels they are strong enough to win the title. They are 11 points clear at the top of the table. I don't think PPG table or normal table... Or nor that uh, an especially different start to the season because of PPG in mind, it is happening at all. I think Torquay United, without even the the coronavirus shadow hanging over us, would have been doing exactly as we would have been doing now. Um, now, if you had no chance of, or you felt you had no chance of winning the, winning the title, but you know. Um, and you had a, a, only a certain amount of money, and you weren't gonna. You, you decided to put it all in, spend all of your money on all, all all your players and all your wages at the start to get the best start you could at the start of the season because of coronavirus. Then, yeah, some teams might have tried to do that, but not Torquay because I think they're already good enough. And so, saying that they want to win every game, well, they want to win every game anyway. It makes no difference. Yeah. However, saying that. If we have to fall back on PPG, you'd take it. You would. I mean, and in previous seasons, you've had it, it, managers will have looked at the table and thought, well, we're not going to pick up all the points there. We're going to lose a game here and yeah. there. You know, the, the, the requirement now is, is to, is, as you say, as Torquay would do anyway, um, to go out and win every game. Yeah, uh, I, I think, you, I think we, we need to take the strategic PG, PPG thinking out of the equation for Torquay United because I don't think it's there. I think Torquay just want to win every game anyway. Other teams might have a strategic PPG kind of plan for their season. Because, I mean, because we're statos and we love a table and we love a load of figures, you very kindly in the paper this week um, created a, a National League table as it stands and a National League table as it would be under points per game. Yeah, this was before Tuesday night's games. So, so Solihull Moors won and Yeovil won, but taking those two games out of the equation. Because, I mean, Solihull Moors, I mean, they were, before Tuesday's game, they were way down. I'm going to do a bit of counting here now. 9, 10, 11, 15, 16. They were 17th yeah. before Tuesday's game. Yeah. But... If you converted that into points per game, it would have lifted them right up into eighth place. Is that because they'd only so played seventeen? Uh, sorry, thirteen games. Is it they played? Well, they played. Yeah, thirteen games they yeah. played now. Yeah. So they're a few games behind us. They yeah. stand to gain. And I mean, the other thing that shows you is that they're not a bad side. No, exactly. They're yeah. Their position suggests. Yeah. Now, it's a good way of working out uh, using the PPG table. It is a good way of working out how good you would expect the team to be uh, if they've played less games. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so, almost, yeah. It's almost like a form guide, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So Solihull Moors come to play more next Tuesday. Uh, it'll be behind closed doors again. You say that with huge regret, and I yeah. know Talk United say that with huge regret as well. 
having had the fans back in for the last few games, um, the latest restrictions mean that the fans won't be in on Tuesday night again. Which is a shame because it's another very winnable game for Torquay against decent opposition. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, the fans, I think the, the two home games that we won over um, while they've been back, uh, the fans have made a big difference, especially against Yeovil. You know, they, will, they willed them to that sixth goal, didn't they? Because we wanted that sixth goal because of what they did to us last year at, at Hughes Park. Um, we did. So, you know, the fans do make a difference. But like Gary said to me in the interview, you know, that we will continue to play for the fans, clap the fans before the game, you know, and after the game and do it for the fans. Because, uh, yeah, as, as you say, the, uh, they will be streaming. You'll be able to yep. get the game um, at a bargain price. You'll be able to see the match uh, in its entirety. Uh, streaming has got a lot better. I mean, it was good to begin with, but it's just getting better and better, isn't it? The Talkie United streaming. Yeah, the more I watch of some of the other clubs, and this is no disrespect to those clubs, because some of them don't have the funds or the talent pool to actually pull the streaming off as well as uh, the likes of us. Um you know, Torquay are doing a very good job. They are. So what do we know about Solihull Moors? Over the years, we've had quite a few players who've played for us and then Nathan Blissett played for both Paul McCallum. Paul McCallum must have played for nearly every side in the National League. There's, the there's enough of him, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Shepard Murrum Bedsey played for both. Wow. Danny Wall played for both. But so, sorry, Danny who? Uh, oh, I've got that wrong, haven't I? But... Jamie Jamie Ward is still there. Oh, okay, yeah. Moors at the moment. Christian Pierce is not. Christian Pierce and Solihull Moors have parted company in the have last they? week or so. Have they? Sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to confuse things then. But I de you dropped out a momentary, and I didn't actually hear the name that you said when uh, when you said it played for both when I when I questioned the name, it. The name I came up with was Danny Wright, but I'm right. Uh, I, I can't remember. I shall have to. We shall have to look at that. Look, look that up. I'm sorry about that. You just literally dropped out, and I, we didn't hear the name. But Christian Pierce has scored a couple of goals for Solihull Moors. I don't know why he and they have parted company. Whether he's looking to. Um, so he's not gone anywhere elsewhere. particular then. Pardon? He's not gone anywhere particular. No, he's, he's just, according to um, the website that I was looking at, he's without club oh. at the moment. Okay. So I don't know why that is. So we won't be seeing Christian Pierce at Playmore. Well, that's that's good because we don't like players coming back, do we? They they, they often do us damage. They do. Uh, Jamie Ward will be worth watching. Jamie Ward was always worth watching. Love uh, Jamie Ward as a player. I mean, he he was sold by the the man who should should not be named, wasn't he? Uh, basically, after what? after joining us from Aston Villa and doing really 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 well, went on to play for Chesterfield for years and other teams. Derby, I think Derby. And um, Forest, and obviously yeah. uh, play uh, played for Northern Ireland in a World Cup. So uh, yeah, uh, great player. Really enjoyed watching his career. I was thinking about that this morning when I was uh, looking at uh, looking up some stats for you, and a, and a, a player's name popped up that I, I'd I'd kind of forgotten. Um, I enjoy watching what players do after they've left Torquay, even if they don't set the world completely alight. Now, Jamie yeah. Ward went on to play in, in the World Cup, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not dismissing good. his career, no. But, you know, the, the, those players who do, who do their bit for Torquay and then go on and, uh, and probably make their bigger names at other clubs without actually ever reaching the, the, the top divisions. I think Jamie might have actually played in the top division, I can't remember. Um, you know, it's, it's, always, it's always something to keep, you keep, you know, keep your eye on, isn't it? All those players, those... Players. It's Mustafa Cariol, isn't it? Mustafa Cariol, yeah. Players like that, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, look, looking forward to that Tuesday night, definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, we may have a new face uh, in the squad. Yeah. Social media is to be believed. The report's coming from the Crystal Palace end of things. A player by the name of Rob Street, a young striker, may be joining us until the end of the season on loan. Torquay haven't confirmed anything yet, have they? No, Gary's not going to confirm anything until the, the latest the moment. And, and, I, and, and, and to be honest, I don't blame him either. It's, it's, it's promotion he's trying to win for us and he'll do it the best way he thinks possible. And if that means not actually announcing players that when they've signed, then I don't care. <laughs> uh, I, 
first we'll know of it is when we pick up the team sheet. Yeah, possibly. I should imagine if he's going to feature next Tuesday, we'll hear before Tuesday. But, um, you know, uh, if, if, if there's any truth in the... Uh, let's face it, this has come out of non-official channels. This yeah, is a non-official yeah. Twitter account that then has been picked up by another non-official Crystal Palace Twitter account. It's someone's cousin knows someone who knows someone who runs that Twitter account. And, and that's where that kind of thing comes from. And fair play, that's probably completely true. And, and, and Rob Smart is probably training at the moment at, at Seal Hayne while we talk to each other right now. Um, that, that wouldn't be the first time that they kept, kept a lid on someone training for two weeks before they sign. Um, so it's fine. Uh, he looks a decent player. I, I, I did a little bit of research yesterday. And yeah, he looks a decent player. Looks a, I mean, he's coming from a, a Premier League club who, who like him enough to want him to get out and have some, some, some action at a lower level to, 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 to get some proper games in his legs. We've said it time and time again, or I've said it time and time again, Half of these players are playing in under-23 teams against, you know, opposition that doesn't give you any kind of real fierce um, challenge or, you know, they're, they're playing pretty football against pretty footballers um, who are all brought up to be pretty and have their breakfast made for them and, uh, you know, come down here and play some football. Play some proper football. Yes. Boy. Against men, so, yeah. against men who've been playing proper football for fifteen years and don't mind if they leave a, leave their boot in. Thanks to everybody on social media who um, suggested the obvious headline that we'll be using on Tuesday night after the game with Quality Street. So we'll have that one with Rob Street. Thank you very much. Not that it, it may have dawned on us sooner or later, but um, Quality Street will do. He's been compared to a young Ian Wright. Has he? Uh, by at Crystal Palace. I like that. That wouldn't be good, would it? I like uh, that. Apparently, he's an old-fashioned centre-forward who likes a simple Alan Shearer one-finger-in-the-air celebration and uh, no nonsense, no messing. He, he sounds a bit Ron Manager to me, but, um, yeah, I like, I like an old-fashioned centre-forward. Well, an old-fashioned centre-forward will, will be have, able to deal with those nasty buggers that he's coming up against, won't, won't, won't he? Possibly true, yeah. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I was, funnily enough, I was looking up Callum Morton this morning because I wondered why we'd not heard anything about him since his move to, uh, to Lincoln in, in uh, pre-season. He played two games and it hurt his hurt a shoulder in, um, in the gym and has had to have an operation, so he's not playing. But he's another one like that, that, you know, good, solid. Not, not necessarily to look at because he doesn't look like a strong player, but he is a strong player who, playing up front, can can ride those challenges and uh, uh, and make make big men feel small. Yeah, and that's what you need. So and if course, so if Rob Smart's anything like that, we'll 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 enjoy that. And of course, we do need another striker with Danny Wright out. We don't know how long Danny Wright is going to be out, but he limped off quite badly during that game against uh, is it Yeovil? Uh, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, uh, and it didn't look good and. You know, he is an older gentleman, uh, much younger than me, of course, but then I'm not playing professional football for a living. Um, so it might affect him a bit a, a bit worse than it might affect some of the younger players. Um, so let's get a young un in, let's get one for the future in, and, and, and if he can do the business well, well rights out, and, and, and we can welcome back right later on um, without having to rush him back either, because if this loan is, as it's reported, a full season loan, then we've got him till the end of the end of the end of the uh, you know until Andrew, until we win the title. Andrew Nelson, who would have uh, who would have come in, has obviously just had an uh, an operation, yeah, a knee injury. Yeah. Olaf Kalua doesn't seem to be part of the picture at the moment either, does he? No, no, it's uh, no, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, there will be uh, there will be reasons. No idea what they are, but Olaf doesn't seem to be a part of the thinking right at the moment. But interesting. be interesting to see um, you know, a, a young lad come through. The guy that we had earlier in the season from Bristol City, Louis Britton, um, slotted in pretty well. Sounds as if he's a similar kind of a player. So uh, I quite look forward to seeing this guy. Yeah, yeah. Now, talking National League... Uh, some very interesting things going on behind the scenes here this week. Yeah. Um, I don't, don't think I've particularly got a, a, an absolute handle on it, but the, the, the funding 
that came through for the National League earlier in the season through the government and the National Lottery. Um, there's a lot of uh, rumblings behind the scenes about how that was handled. I know Nick Broderick has um, touched on it in his excellent fan zone column yeah. in the rest this week. Uh, but I think that one's got a lot of uh, a lot of legs in it. What happened back in the autumn was that the, uh, the, the, the grants were made and they were apportioned supposedly according to teams' average home attendance. Yeah. But there's been a lot of talk about some teams who got more than they should have, some teams who got less than they should have. Uh, the teams that got more than they should have, a lot of questions being asked as to why. Torquay have maintained a dignified silence on this at the moment. Torquay have not been mentioned in either the haves or the have-nots. So I think it's probably quite a good one not to have a dog in this fight at the moment, isn't it? Indeed, and, and uh, I will say... Uh, trying to be careful here, but Torquay don't have any kind of link with the people who run the National League. No, no um, absolutely not. Other clubs I, have, have close links with the people who run the National League. That's put it that way. Yeah. I'm very, it's one of those occasions where I'm very happy for Torquay to be at, at arm's length from yeah. all this. Um, you know, it's becoming quite unpleasant yeah the scene and it, it's good that we're a bit detached from it i think so. i think the fact that it was divvied up by the national league using using whatever method they used the, the, the fact that it was divvied up by the national league committee and the national league committee didn't perhaps think that they should be using an outside source to have a look at how they divvied it up um an independent kind of uh, eye on the situation but um it's you know until we know the full facts, it's very difficult yeah. to talk about it, isn't it? Let's not, uh, yeah, let's not speculate. Let's just wait for it to run its yeah. course. But interesting, worth keeping an eye on. If you've got an interest in um, in the way the National League is run, there's a lot going on in the press. The way the National League is run. How the West was won. Uh, the way the National League is, is run has is, is, is been a question or a bone of contention for a little while, isn't it? Couple of things on the agenda before we go full nostalgia here. By the way, um, I'm just getting. I've, I've got two jumpers here, and I'm just going to put place them on the floor, just about okay. you know about three or four meters apart, and then uh, I've yeah, got my goalposts. We'll do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll need that in a minute when yeah. it comes to the nostalgia. Um, Amrit Bansal McNulty. Remember, he went to Como on loan from Queens Park Rangers this season and we decided he was living the dream. That was the, yes. the loan move that we would all want. He's back. He's back in West London. He played three games for Como and he's back. So um, well, what an experience. Yeah. It obviously didn't work out. He didn't end up as uh, it might well be, it might well be something to do with lockdown or coronavirus. It could be. Rather could than well. rather than the fact that he didn't he didn't uh perform as well as he should should have done there we'll see slim pickings for the ex goals this week there's only a couple thank you very much to the ex goals twitter feed for this by the way joe quigley of course got a penalty uh, as yeah. you beat weymouth 3-0 on yeah. tuesday and ashley hemmings got another one for kidderminster in a 1-1 draw with hereford that's a proper local derby isn't it kidderminster hereford yeah that is isn't it there's um, yeah, no love lost between those two, I imagine. But those are the only two ex-girls I could find this week okay. on the defeat. So it's a little bit on the quiet side. Yeah. yeah. This week's podcast, Rich, is, is tinged with a little bit of sadness because we've lost one of the big figures um, for people who've spent years on the pop side this week. Um, Clint Bolton has died. He would have been 72 yesterday. Okay. So he's no age at all. Uh, died last week. Clint, who played for um, Torquay from 1971 to 1980, 286 games, 36 goals from sort of midfield, deep midfield. Mm. So, um, I think he played in goal once. Okay. Somebody, somebody will remember this, I'm sure. I couldn't work out when it was that he played in goal, but it was back in the days when you didn't have quite so many subs on the bench. We must have had a goalkeeper, possibly Terry Lee, Got himself injured in a game, and Clint. If I remember rightly, Clint went in between the sticks and did pretty well. I, I can't really remember seeing him play. Now I, I started watching in the mid to late seventies as a as a as a very young child. So my 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 memories of, of players are quite from that period are quite hazy, uh, apart from me and Twitching who I idolised. Um, 
So I can't remember. I'm sure I would have seen him play, um, but I can't remember it. He was um, he was Player of the Year in 1977. Um, so I would have only been uh, six played... then, guy. Pardon? I would have only been six then. <laughs> well, I would. I was 17 then, so there you go. I'm that much older than you because he belongs to that absolute golden age of Talker United for me when they played in that white kit with the blue, yellow, blue stripe down the left-hand yeah. side of the chest. Yeah. Um, it was a great... So that was back in the days. I, I say, if you've got the jumpers for goalposts out, I'll just keep on going. Here. Carry on, carry on. These were the Saturday nights when we used to get the football special bus over from Paynton. Yeah. And, and as you were 17, you, you were decked out in, in double denim like the photos I've seen, weren't you? And did you, did you have your, your scarf around your wrist? Just coming to that silk scarf tied around your wrist. <laughs> Flare, get your flares on. Get up in the back of the mini stand. Now I'm looking mini- at your hair now. Was it similar? Uh, no, I had a lot more of it back then, <laughs> and it was a lot redder back then as well. Um, but yeah, up into the back of the mini stand. You started off as a kid. You'd go into the front of the mini stand, and as you got a bit older, you'd graduate up towards the back. Um, it, it was just. It was a great place to watch your football. Yeah. They, uh, we'll come to an old picture of the mini stand in a minute. But um, Clint Bolton, great player, really so much a part of that team. Um, looked the part as well. He had the uh, the drooping moustache. He had the long hair. He did yeah, have the moustache, didn't he? He had the. I'm afraid to say it, but he had the porn star moustache, didn't he? <laughs> I have no idea what you mean by that, Richard. <laughs> obviously, but uh, no, he was the epitome of the 1970s footballer, and it was very, very sad see that news that uh, that he died um, this week. He's uh, absolutely part of the furniture there. Absolutely. And that got me to thinking, got me thinking about the old songs we used to sing. I was born under the mini stand to the tune of I was born under a wandering star. That's a tune that'll come back to you. You'll be humming that in the shower now that I've put that into your head. In fact, the only thing that's going to stop it is a press release just popped up on my screen from National Express. So that's given me another earworm that'll uh, take the mini stand one away. But and on social media this week, a chap by the name of David Featherstone <coughs> posted some pictures on the Yellow Army Facebook uh, Facebook page, which he took during a game at Playmore between Torquay and Wrexham in 1984. Okay. The pictures are fantastic. If you get the chance to go on Facebook on the Yellow Army, if you're not already a member of the Yellow Army group, you should be. Um, the pictures are great there. Every one of them tells a story there. You, you've got the advertising hoardings for the old local companies you remember. Yeah. The mini stand is there in all its glory. The old pop side is there in all its glory. There are a couple of policemen patrolling, having a very close look at Mr. Featherstone and trying to work out why he's taking pictures, I imagine. But they're well, there. Of course, nowadays the you'd have your long... camera taken off you. <laughs> they're in the old long dark overcoats and, and helmets, none of your uh, day-glow high-vis and body <laughs> cams back in those days. There's a picture of the old Gull's shop. Do you remember the shop? Yes, right ra- ra- at the top by where the Gull's Lodge is now. That's it, in yeah. the corner be- between the Bristow's bench and the away end. Well, it would have been the Gull's Lodge, wouldn't it? It would have been where the kitchen of the Gull's Lodge now is, I think. That's it. Uh, Dave Easton's uh, lair. Dave Easton's lair, well. and I and I once um, bumped into Little and Large in there. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> now there's one back for your seventies uh, anecdotes. Back in the day, obviously, it, I mean they didn't sell replica kit back then, so the club shop was all about car stickers and programs. Yeah. And what else could you? I seem to remember I bought a tie in there back in the days. Where yeah, ties. And um, yeah, it wasn't quite up to the day standards, but you could you could go in and get pin badges, couldn't you? The pin badges that you could badges, get. Yeah, enamel yeah. pin badges. I don't know if that's what Little and Large were buying, but they were definitely in there. I got their autograph. I've got it somewhere. I bet they were. I bet they were <laughs> in there. But um, yeah, great, great pictures, and they bring everything back. So on that night, it was a, a dark stormy night october the 6th 1984 we beat wrexham 4-3 4-3 i have uh, i've just put my glasses on um i do need to go back to the business yeah i do need to go back to the to spec savers because they're not as good as they used to be these glasses it was what date was it guy october the 6th 1984 
I'm on the wrong page. Bear with me. You are. Right, October the 6th, uh, 1984, we finished bottom of Division 4 that season. Glorious. Um, then we'd have been re-elected, though. Yes, we would. Um, I'm just trying to find the game. Where is it? I, I, I saw it just now. You did? I, I had you all prepared for this. October the 6th. What is going on in my eyes? Okay, what do you want? The crowd? Yeah. 1,341. Okay. Not a huge attendance then, but no. bottom of Division 4. I'm going to read out the... Uh, so it was our second win um, of the season, and it was like the eighth game. So, obviously, the writing was already kind of on the wall. But um, the team, Allen, Dawkins... Anderson, Pugh, Compton, Carter, uh, Larea, Benny Larea. I never knew you had to say that surname. Um, Barnes, C. Um, Perry, M. Don't remember Perry, M. Um, Hall, D. Uh, Dean Mooney and... um, God, these glasses. It's so... The, it's oh, White, White House. D, D White House was the, uh, the, the substitute. So the goal scorers were Barnes, um, Mooney, Perry and Carter. Brilliant. There we go. And a 4-3-1. Well, that was a pretty rare celebration back in that season there. Uh, yeah, but we didn't score another goal for four games. One of those, see, I, I, I don't remember that game. I probably was there. I'm just looking up Perry because I don't remember a Perry at all. Um, obviously, I remember, I remember the other players that scored that day, but Perry, I can't remember. Um, I'm not sure if he played very many games. Right, um, got him, got him, got him. Oh, he's, yeah, he played a few. Um, Mickey Perry. Um, came from Wimbledon 84, went to West Brom on loan in 85, um, played 23 games, two goals. Have no, uh, no memory of Mickey Perry whatsoever. A memorable night. We'd have been up, crammed up under, in the roof of the mini stand up there. I, I, would have been, I would have been in the old grandstand sitting between my dad and my granddad. Uh, the, you can see actually in the um, in the pictures, you can see there's a, a small group of Wrexham fans. Long way to come for a bottom of Division Four game mm. on what was probably a Tuesday night. Um, and there's a little knot of Wrexham fans down on their sleepers on the older way end. So yeah, um, remember those old sleepers. They are great pictures. Well done, David Featherstone. For oh, a, I'll have to have a look at those. I'll have to have a look at those. And that's that's about all we've got time for. Yeah. This week, um, another good week. I mean, we're eleven points clear. We've lost a game, but as we said the other day, you're not going to go through a whole season unbeaten unless you're Arsenal. Um, I don't. I don't keep a massive eye on what's going on on social media, uh, only because sometimes it winds me up, and I just don't really. I'm, I'm fifty years old. I don't want to be wound up. Um, but I did note after um, Torquay had put up the the final tweet or whatever it was of, 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 of the defeat against uh, Yeovil, there were a few people quite happily saying, fine, you know, we're not going to win them all. I think that message is getting through. There wasn't too much of a bad reaction to the defeat. It was one of those games where, like I said to Gary in the interview, at 87 minutes, it didn't look like it was going to happen. It really no. didn't look like it was going to happen. And then... Um, you know, the goal mouth scramble and they get one back. And I still thought, well, it's going to be one all. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be one nil right up until the, the first goal. And then as Gary pointed out, the corner for their second goal, their winning goal, wasn't a corner. It was a goal kick, but uh, that, was, that was read wrong by the officials. Um, not that he made a big deal of it. He just wanted to point it out as the yeah. fact that, you know, on another day... On yeah. another day, they wouldn't have got that corner and that goal wouldn't have happened. I think, 
Um, interestingly, in about the 85th minute or the 86th minute, just before the goal, the, the, the chap who was doing the Yeovil commentary did mention um, yeah. that Torquay weren't taking into the corners yet. They still look like they want to score another goal. Gary didn't bring on a late sub for the first... Uh, an, an, a couple of early subs for the first time in all season that I can remember. Yeah. I wonder if he looked back on that now and he would, have, he would have brought a couple of subs on. Maybe brought Fraser Kerr on with 10 minutes to go, something like that, to shore up the back. Um, woe betide, I blame Gary for any defeat because I'm not. But, the, you know, it was one of those games where... On other days, we have won games with late goals because of, of, of things that have happened uh, for us. Um, yeah. This time, we lost a game late uh, because something that happened against us. So. It's the dark art of game management, isn't it? There's no, you know, there, there is, nobody's ever written a manual on it. Because no, exactly. It's, it's very, very hard to do. Exactly. But, you know, we go on, we go on into Tuesday with every chance of um, redressing the balance against... Decent Solihull Moors team should be a good game. If people are thinking, uh, should we stream it? I'd stream that one. I think that's yeah. going to be a good game. Yeah, and and uh, the little puppy's getting excited as well as you can hear. I can hear that. It must it must be his dinner time. Yeah. So we'll leave it. We'll leave it hit there. Thank you very much for listening to our first podcast of 2021, which is going to be a great year for the Yellow it's Army. It's going to be an amazing year, guy. Amazing. Amazing. It's the best them. year ever. Talking United's best year ever, 2021. <laughs> yeah, if, okay. um, once, we got, once, once we won promotion, I'll do a Talking United's best year ever t-shirt, especially for podcasters. Absolutely. Put me down for one. Yeah. Thanks for your time. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, as always, come, come on, on, you yellows. yellows.